Welcome to Litter Box, bitches! Unpolished and unapologetic. Nicholas with Kirsten with another episode of Litter Box, Unpolished, Unapologetic. We've taken a little bit of a break. Mostly it was a mental health break for me. But we're back, we're here, and we're talking shit. Yep. Much shit as ever. Yeah. Don't I feel bad. That good for me too. <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even. Uh. Pick out a useless fact of the week. So I'm just gonna go randomly through the book. Was there ever a real Betty Crocker? Huh? What about Betty Crocker? Was there ever a real Betty Crocker? Betty Crocker has been a trusted kitchen friend for over 70 years. Her face has adorned flour and cake mix products for decades and become associated with quality baking. Betty's familiar persona was, however, created as a public relations aide by a 1920s milling company. Okay. I don't even want to know any more after that. Just finding out that it was a... Because there's still like two chap or two paragraphs, three paragraphs. Oh, Jesus. But the fact that Betty Crocker's not real, we don't need to know about the history of the salesman who created Betty Crocker. Why why not? <laughs> you want you want the history? I'll read you the history. We've already had our hearts torn. Why wouldn't they give us all that information? <laughs> a, Fuck, man. a forerunner of General Mills Incorporated, the Washburn Crosby Company ran a sales promotion for gold medal flour in nineteen twenty one. They offered consumers a pin cushion shaped like a sack of flour if they could complete a jigsaw puzzle of a flour milling scene. Thousands of entries poured in, many of them with questions concerning baking problems. A man named Sam Gabe, the company's advertising manager, thought it would be appropriate for a woman to answer the letters. Taking the last name of a recently retired company executive, William G. Crocker, and a friendly-sounding first name, Betty, a fictitious name was created to sign the responses to inquiries. Well, that's that's even that's getting even more in depth there. <laughs> a woman from the company with nice handwriting was chosen to sign Betty Crocker. Her signature is the one still in use today. In 1924, Betty Crocker started doing food service programs on the radio. By 1936, Betty was so popular that a face was needed to go with the creative persona. <laughs> Damn, they really got all in depth with this. A portrait was commissioned from the prominent New York artist Naza McMean. In the portrait, McMean blended the facial characteristics of several of the women working in the company's home service departments. So it's like, hey, there's my grandmother's nose. Right. Betty Crocker. <laughs> oh, my God. Into a motherly image, which was used for nearly 20 years. Betty has changed over the years. In 1955, she was repainted into a softer, smiling version of the original image. 
She is modernized again in 65 and 68. In 72, to placate the growing feminist movement, Betty became more businesslike and stiff-looking, more like an accountant than someone you would expect to find in the kitchen baking brownies. Her image was softened again in 1980 to picture someone all women could identify with. While she has changed dramatically over the years, a few things have stayed the same. Betty has always had dark hair, blue eyes, and a red dress. Apparently men don't buy these products or Betty would have been a buxom blonde in a red bikini. That would have sold a lot of brownies. Would have sold a lot of fucking brownies. <laughs> shit. Hot heads would have been buying that shit up like fucking... Never mind. Anyways. <sighs> I know a lot of women who would buy brownies from a blonde in a bikini with big boobs. I mean... You ain't wrong. Like, you ain't wrong. Okay. We, we know that there has been attraction... Between females and, quite frankly, between males for years. It just was um, frowned upon for a long time. So I, I doubt it would have been, you know, frowned upon to be buying a box of brownies. Just because it was a blonde-haired woman in a bikini. And a lot of 13-year-old boys would have brownie boxes in their bedroom. Right. <laughs> and to name her Betty... Like, I'm super salty. And I say this because, you know what? When I call my doctor's office, because they've got, like, huge, huge office there. Um, I always just go straight to the operator because, you know, she can transfer me where I need to be. And it's Miss Betty. Her name is Miss Betty. And every time, Miss Betty, how can I direct your call? Oh, hi, Miss Betty. I need Dr. Tan. Thank you. Hey, mm -hmm. buddy. And uh, anytime he, he always referred to hot women as Betty's. Whoa, Black Betty, family. <laughs> yeah. That is like the ultimate song for driving. I mean, oh. I've I've never found a better song than that, except maybe uh, "Bad Attitude" by Offspring. True, true. A lot of a lot of the older songs. Um, I feel are appropriate for driving. I mean, think about it. Yeah, Black like, Betty, though, is a ticket getter. You put that song on and your foot is to the pedal. Oh, oh. Look, man. I'm good. I don't, I don't need no tickets. I can't even be hot riding in that damn truck anyhow. <laughs> Copperhead Road is another one. Which one? Copperhead Road. That's a good song right there. Yeah. That's that's a good song. Get that's, you in a lot of trouble. It's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> that's one I can listen to three or four times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I love songs like that. Like I I've, I have been named in my Discord group or one of you of my Discord groups, um, the jukebox. Um <laughs> and you know what? You probably already know why be sitting there we're playing a game and somebody will just say something and like it could be part of the conversation this word comes out or this phrase comes out and boom like my brain lights up with a song and I've gotten so comfortable in this group that instead of keeping the filter on my mouth I just start singing the song 
and um for a while there i wasn't doing it um when i first started taking the fucking adderall i wasn't doing it and that was the only indicator that i was taking my medicine and it really upset my friend because she's like my jukebox is broken (laughs) i'm like fuller i'm so sorry like why is my jukebox not playing are you okay something happened today no uh, when everybody was still burning cds on their computers on itunes so i'm showing how old i am right there yeah i I had a computer that i called my jukebox It, it was dedicated strictly to my itunes and i had I had like 400 something hours of music on that computer. Oh Every bit of memory in that computer was dedicated to music. For like six or seven months, my dad would spend at least one day on the weekends downloading all of the songs that was in his CD collection into iTunes. You used to be able to do that. Yeah. The CDN, right? And I I know I don't have to explain this to you, but, you know, some of our younger listeners, God help us, um, you would would pop your CD into your computer, right? And it would read the CD and then it would download those songs. So you wouldn't have to rebuy it on iTunes like you do nowadays because when you fucking buy a CD, you want to listen to it on your fucking phone you've got to re-download it and rebuy it through google or through you know apple whatever you're fucking using just so you can listen to it on your fucking phone instead of your cd player yeah. not that really has cd players anymore but he spent six fucking months and it was wild to me that he even did that because this man had so many fucking cds like he had an entire fucking like bookshelf dedicated to his fucking cds what I uh, what I did after I, after I downloaded all my CDs onto my computer, I'd go to the library because you could get ten CDs at a time from the library, and I'd go through and I'd get about, I'd get ten CDs on on a weekend, and I'd download all of them and just delete the songs I didn't like, and that's how I built my jukebox. I wish I I was too when I was a kid I was actually too concerned with the books to pay attention that there was a CD section in the library um but even if I thought of that like I know my mom love her to death I know my mom Mm-mm. she'd have sat there and been like what are you listening to? oh god no you can't listen to that <laughs> you know trying to like burn it out of the fucking uh computer at that fucking point Mm-mm, I'd be careful, and then I then I found the joys of of uh, LimeWire. Whole, whole. I was lucky for the first month, and then my parents figured out what the fuck was going on with the computer, and they were <laughs> fucking hard. Uh, Eminem and 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 uh, fucking what was the the group that he did D12 or whatever the fuck it was. D12, yeah. 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 I, uh, I had this Violent Femme CD. And uh, it had it had it had one song that was very Christian sounding on it. On it, I mean, this sounded like a Christian song. So I'd play yeah. that one song for my parents, 
And based on that one song, I'd convince them that the Violent Femme CD was a Christian rock group. So I had that. Pearl Jam, I played Glorified G for my parents. Convinced them they were a Christian group. And I, I'd, any song that sounded remotely like a Christian song, I would play that song for my parents. And based off that one song, I'd convince them. Ministry, Jesus Built My Hot Rod. I, I, I played about 30 seconds of that song, because after 30 seconds, my dad didn't want to listen to it anymore. But based off 30 seconds of that song, I convinced my dad that Ministry was a Christian rock band. Oh my God, I wish I had been that smart as a kid. <laughs> uh, you know what, though? I couldn't have pulled that off with any of the fucking bands I was trying to listen to. Like, My Chemical Romance, Emo Phase, there was, there was no... Yeah. There was no making that sound good to my parents. Eminem, <laughs> Dr. Dre, D12, yeah. none of it. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. My mom, my mom tried hardcore to ban um, like rap and shit like that in the house. It, 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 it yeah. did not. My, my <laughs> dad did. My dad did too. Uh, you, there's an old club song, and, and the lyrics are you got to lick it before you stick it. I know you've heard that one. Oh, my brothers yeah. tried telling my mother they were talking about a stamp. <laughs> you doing this Matt? Come on, dude. Fuck. My brother I told was... him I might be naive, but I ain't that naive. <laughs> uh, it's like my it's like my eldest today. She um she got in trouble with so her like you can't be on the computer, right? And she had taken it this morning. I, you know, of course, I'm telling her, like, we told you, you can't be doing anything but schoolwork on there. You know, you've been sitting on it all weekend playing games and whatnot. And she goes, no, I was doing schoolwork. Child, you sat there and showed me the, the, the section, right, in your little Google classroom bullshit that that is things you can do when you're done with your work. And you were showing me some of the games. That's not schoolwork. <laughs> That's not what that is. Like schoolwork is a sign. Not games. Man, oh, like, kids, uh, kids today are lucky. When it came to games for computers, we had Oregon Trail. We had Lemmings. Yep. <laughs> I didn't even get that. Oh, no. I didn't even get that. You know what I got? I got the pinball and I had paint. Those were my games up until I was like Angie's age. And then my mom had stumbled across Neopets. So I was allowed to have a Neopets account. Oh, I played games that yeah. And then a couple years later, it was Pogo. You I remember Pogo? that. Yeah, she'd play Canasta on it all the fucking time. And then she tried to get me to play Canasta and then was upset because I fucking sucked at Canasta and I was a terrible <laughs> Canasta partner. <laughs> then she went back and wait till my dad got home to play like an Asta on fucking Pogo. Meanwhile, I'm trying to play that stupid the you remember the gopher game where it had all the fucking letters and you had to make words? Remember that fucking game? Yeah. That, game. that made me feel stupid. <laughs> I'm over here trying to make new fucking words. I'm like, I can't figure it out. Fucking hell, I felt dumber than shit doing that. Man, we we would play uh Oregon Trail and me and my friends. 
would bet on who could kill their people off the fastest. Oh my God! You're the- we, we were we were actually gambling on Oregon Trail. God damn it! No, I I was fortunate enough. Take something to- educational. Yeah. Pretty take, much. You take something educational and you make it the devil's game. <laughs> Pretty fucking much. Well, I tried um I tried getting into RuneScape when I was a teen. And uh my mom was having none of it. She was so against it. She was pissed. She's like, absolutely not. Like, hell no. Right. And I think it was because like she knew that it was supposed to be like some sort of like spin-off of D D, but on the computer. And um the sad part was, was, you know, I've separated parents, my parents never married. And so whenever I'd go to my bio dad's house, I didn't want to play RuneScape. No, I had World of Warcraft. <laughs> Mom, my, I'm, I'm already contaminated. It's fine. My dad had this game for us. It was Battle Chess. And it was a chess game. Now, when the, like, when the, when the uh, rook would kill somebody, he would just get up walk across the board, take his hand, and smash him, and crush him. Then he would just sit back down in that spot. (laughs) This was was a chess game, and it was probably one of the most violent video games I've ever owned in my life. Because the pieces would literally just kill the other piece. When I hit high school. No, it was the year before I hit high school. Yeah, it was eighth grade. My stepdad, he was like, you know, she's getting older. She's more responsible. Like, we'll get her a uh, PS3. It was either a PS3 or PS4. I don't, I don't fucking remember. And, um, you know, we'll get her that. And um, we'll buy, you know, Rock Band, because I was big into the Beatles at the time. Don't ask. I'm not that old. Oh, yeah. But I was old enough for the comeback with the Beatles. So there's that. Um, he's like, yeah, we'll get rock, uh, rock band, you know, the, the, the Beatles edition. That way she can play that. Cause she loves that. And he regretted that after like day three. <laughs> <laughs> and he convinced her to buy Assassin's Creed and Gears of War. Now my mom initially was like, absolutely not. Hell no. They're bloody, they're gory, nah. And my stepdad was basically like, look, um, she wants to join the military. You really want to keep sheltering her from this now? And um, I guess it didn't take much convincing because she eventually she relented. And for a while she harped on me for playing Assassin's Creed so much. Until one day she actually sat down and watched me playing it and was like, huh. I didn't realize how much this game taught you. I was like, yeah, kind of cool, isn't it? And so as the, the Assassin's Creed games kept going along and along and along, she was realizing that they were slowly starting to add more history and shit into it. Nowadays, if you look at some of those Assassin's Creed games, like, pretty spot on. And it's funny because I see things on Facebook all the time about people that are like, oh, yeah, you know, I learned more playing Assassin's Creed than I did in my, you know, sophomore history class. Yeah, yeah fuck like where were those games when we were growing up you know like it's 
what's sad about American history is most of the stuff I learned in high school history, I've learned is bull- straight bullshit. Mm-hmm. Which is, which, you, you know my obsession with history. So it's like, I wasted four years learning all this shit just to learn that everything I learned was bullshit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the sad part is they start that from a young age. Like, yeah. I... I have to contain myself. Um, I, I have to contain myself when it comes to my my little ones bringing home um, like homework for like Thanksgiving and things like that. Talking about the pilgrims and the Indians, I have to contain myself because I'm like it's it's not that's not how that happened. That's not how it went. Yeah. That is so inaccurate. That is so wrong. That's it's the Disney version of it. Exactly, and they don't ever. Like they they start to teach you a little differently as you get older, but it's not nearly enough. Yeah. And it's it's sad. It's sad because they they make things that happened in the past seem so minuscule. Yeah. Like the war eighteen twelve was big history in Baltimore when I was growing up because where we lived, we lived we we lived a mile from where the British marched. Like, my high school was a mile from where the British marched. My middle school was on the road that the British marched going into Baltimore after burning D.C. down. So, War 1812 was big history for us. We, we learned it in elementary school. We learned it in middle school. We learned it in high school. Nope. Now, all these years, it was all about how the British attacked America, the British did this to America, the British did that to America. I must have been in my late 30s when I learned that the War 1812 started because America invaded Canada. Really? Yeah. We're going to have to have like a, a either a sit down outside of podcasts or an entire podcast dedicated to this. Because, again, I never learned about it. And, and I'm not a big history buff, so I don't like. Eh? Yeah. But that's. It's weird. Like, the Star Spangled Banner um, was written in Baltimore. I, I've, they've got a buoy sitting in the, in the, um, uh, Patapsco River where, where the boat was docked when the Star Spangled Banner was written. We used to tie my boat up to that, uh, buoy when we'd go fishing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, uh, the fort that, British were attacking is a big museum and everything. It's really cool. So, like, Baltimore really lives the War of 1812. <laughs> they, they breathe it. I want to say it wasn't until probably my junior year of high school when I realized just how fucked up the education system is when it teaches history and I say junior year because you know of course every year 9-11 hits and they give a lesson class that day and I'm sitting there in that class and I you know that day I'm always quiet in class hate it um because I remember I was either kindergarten or first grade. I don't remember which grade exactly. 
But that day, mom stayed home because she was sick. And I remember being in the classroom and all the teachers kept running in and out of the classroom, you know, hush, hush, whisper, whisper, because we're little kids. And um, then us all being told, hey, uh, we're putting you on the bus now. You're going home now. And we're all looking around like, what the fuck? Like, it's still morning. <laughs> what do you mean we're going home? And I was just about on the bus when I got stopped by a teacher, pulled aside and said, you need to come with us. And put me down in the nurse's office. And I remember hearing on the radio, because they left the radio on, that um, Pentagon had been hit. Now, in my little kid mind, um, I knew that my Uncle Dave worked in the Pentagon. The problem was, was that it wasn't that he worked in the Pentagon. To my little child mind, it was the Pentagon is my uncle's house. Right. That's how uncle lives there. He doesn't work there. He lives there. So I'm a kid. Can't really correct me. You can. You're not going to get nowhere. Stubborn as Right. So I remember hearing that. And a little while later, my mom walks in and she finds me just sitting there bawling. Bawling. And I am by myself. There was no nurse in there. There was no teacher in there. No nothing. I was by myself. Come to find out, my mom had been asleep. And when I say my dad, I mean my stepdad. My dad called her and he's like, hey, turn on the news. You won't believe this. She's like, what? And he's like, Michael Jordan's coming out of retirement. No, he's not. Shut the fuck up. I'm trying to say, no, Michael Jordan's coming out of retirement. Turn on the news. Turn on the news now. Fine. And she turns it on and sure, shit, Michael Jordan's coming out of retirement. She's like, well, no shit. You know, because we're from Illinois. Big Bulls fans. You know, she's like, that's that's really cool. He goes, okay, I'm really sorry. I just, you know, I thought that would cheer you up. She goes, no, it, it did. You know, I just, I'm really tired. And I don't feel good. He's like, okay, go back to bed. And she goes, okay. A little while later, he calls and he goes, turn on the news. She goes, Warren, I'm not dealing with this. He goes, turn on the goddamn news. And, you know, at that tone, she's like, fuck. So she turns it on in time to see the second tower fall. Yeah. She's going, oh, God. Oh, God. And that's when the phone calls from the school started. She's like, I'm, I'm going to go get Kirsten. I'll, I'll call you when we get back home. And she specifically told the school, put her in a room, there's no TV, no radio, no nothing. Somebody needs to stay with her. I will be picking her up. Do not let her take that school bus. Do not tell her what's going on. So, of course, mom walks in and sees me like that. She hears the radio and sees nobody in there. She loses her shit. She starts cussing out fuck principal left and right. And I don't remember much of it. What I do remember is that she ended up taking me home and we just kind of sat together and basically we're waiting by the phone. She tried getting me to, you know, play skip bow or, you know, watch something. Nope, I didn't want nothing to do with nothing except wait by that phone. And for three days, I sat next to that fucking phone. Three fucking days. Damn. And every time it rang, I would pick it up. Uncle Dave, boom. Who was it, sweetie? Not Uncle Dave. 
sweetie, you really got to hand me the phone next time. Okay. Mom would go do her thing, phone would ring. Uncle Dave? <laughs> Who was it? <laughs> Wasn't Uncle Dave, you know? <laughs> I was a kid, on, you know, on a mission. And on the third day, <laughs> on the third day, my grandmother on my mom's side calls. <laughs> Same thing. Uncle Dave? No, sweetie, it's grandma. <laughs> that it was grandma you hung up hung up on your grandmother it wasn't uncle dave my mom calls my grandmother back and my grandma's like what the fuck like did she just hang up on me <laughs> mom's like yeah please tell me you got something or something because she if it's not all the Dave, she's hanging it up, man. So if you got something, tell me now. And uh, turns out my uncle was fine. Um, but because of, you know, the, the threat, the security threat, he wasn't allowed to call anybody until the third day. And it was a five-minute conversation basically explaining, yes, I'm alive. No, I can't give any details. You know, what do you need to know from me now? Because I may not be able to call for a few more days. Yeah. And, my, um Oh, that was bad. I was working at a Ruby Tuesdays, and me and my buddy Jay uh, Holtzneider, we were the more we would we would be the morning uh, openers. So our morning routine was we'd put the news on before we started opening up. He'd fix French yeah. toast. We'd watch the news. We'd eat French toast. Yeah. So I put the news on. And the first plane had already hit the first tower. And Jay, Jay's sitting there hollering for me in the kitchen. And I'm just staring at the television. And I'm just staring at the television. He comes in to, to see what's going on. And by the time he came in, that's when we, we watched the second plane hitting the second tower. And we're like, oh, fuck. Because there, there was... The Ruby Tuesdays I worked at was in a more hoity-toity area. There was a lot of people in that area whose parents worked finance, and they did a lot of business in, in uh, New York. Two, there was two girls and a, and a dude worked at my restaurant. Their father was in New York the day that happened. And Jay's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And figure... The Pentagon was 45 minutes from where I lived. The plane that went down in Pennsylvania was an hour and a half from where I lived. And New York was three hours from where I lived. So within a three-hour radius, all four planes went down from my house. My buddy, uh, my, my best friend Rios, he actually w was on the cleanup crew that cleaned up the, the debris at the Pentagon. So he, he got to see the Pentagon firsthand because he was cleaning up all the rubble. Yeah. I um I don't ask my uncle about it very much. If he talks about it, he talks about it, and I'll, I'll sit and I'll be in the ear and I'll listen. But I never ask him because he was one of the first on scene. He was at the barracks or whatever the fuck the Navy calls him. And he was trying to get some sleep. And 
I don't remember if he said it was the boom that had woke him up or what. Someone had woke him up. And he had started to get out of his bunk. And that was when he started hearing people start yelling. He goes out and they're like, we need to load up now. What the fuck's going on? I was playing to the Pentagon. The um, section that hit, section that he worked in. Bam. So... They load up in their vans and they start heading over there. And he said the, the ride there was eerie because the highway should have been packed. No. No. For the yeah. first time, instead of people just stopping in the middle of the highway, everybody had moved off to the sides, like what you see in, in other countries. Yeah. They don't move to the sides when it's something major. We don't do that. Yeah, we are. Baltimore and DC shares suburbs. Like it's just one giant urban area from Baltimore to DC. It's one metropolitan area. And in the suburbs between Baltimore and DC is a lot of government facilities, Uh, NSA facilities, um, FBI, CIA, a lot of that shit. So the Baltimore suburbs were virtually shut down, which just they shut Baltimore down. So for like the first week after the uh, attacks, Baltimore was a ghost town. The oh, mall I, I worked in was closed for two days. Yeah, he... Um, I'll be back one second. Keep talking. No, you're good. The um, I think the worst part of it all was that he had to go and he had to basically extract people that he knew. He, he was there trying to recover anybody alive or dead. Um, there are certain smells that he can't tolerate because of it. And he says the worst part is that some of the people that he was with, because it was so traumatic, their brains have fucked it up. So one of his buddies has become basically a conspiracy theorist who says that it was all put together. So he doesn't remember pulling people out. He doesn't remember pulling rubble aside. His body remembers or his mind remembers it in reverse. Right. Because it was so traumatic that his brain just fucked it all up and flipped it around. Couldn't comprehend it all. Exactly, because it's a lot. It's it's something that you shouldn't, as a person, should not have to experience, and it did. Yeah. Now, after after nine eleven, I had uh went back to the uh, after nine eleven, I had tried to get join the military a second time, but because of the because of the wording of my discharge, I was I, I was banned from military duty permanently. But I tried. I tried every damn branch. My dad, he um, he was so tore up about it that first opportunity he got, because it, it took some took some talking, obviously, because you know he's he's newly married. Him and mom had only been married like a year or two. He tried. Um, 
to go back in because he served 12 years in the Navy. Problem was, is that he was like, by that point, he was a couple months past the uh, cut off. Cut off. Yeah, I know. Uh, sooner he would have been able to rejoin. Yeah, because figure that was what 22 years ago. Yep. So I was I was 22 years old when it happened. Am I 26 or 27? I don't know. I have enough trouble keeping up with I'd my age. Five. I'd have been five. Yeah, I had to be in kindergarten. So a bunch of my friends that had joined the military same time I did, a bunch of them were still in the service when all this went down. And uh, I'd, I'd get a text message, I'm still alive, ain't nobody hit us. That's good. And, and like, like every single, there was a good, there was a good two dozen of us in my core group of friends that that I grew up with who had joined the military. I mean, in Dundalk, it was go to college, join the military, or get strung out on drugs. That, that was their choices in Dundalk. So yeah. a, a lot of people would join the military. Don't blame them. And it was like, <coughs> that was, and my first, first thing that came out of my mouth when I saw it was Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda. Yeah, because 1994, Al Qaeda had attacked the World Trade Center. They had they had did the bomb in the truck in the parking garage. And the news is news going on. We don't know who did this. We don't know who did this. And I'm like, it was fucking Osama bin Laden, you stupid asshole. <laughs> I'm yeah. yelling. I'm yelling at the television. I was like, That's it's true. Osama bin Laden. It's Al Qaeda. The Taliban so, did this. Exactly. And so this, this leads on to what I, what started this. So I never knew that there was any attacks before 9-11. I didn't even know there was an Al-Qaeda before 9-11. Right? A lot of even people as, didn't. Oh, I learned about this like two weeks ago, listening to another podcast, um, which that's a podcast that's run by a veteran, and he, he interviews other veterans, as well as, you know, some what people would consider conspiracy theorists, but mostly they're just people that are like, hey, no, this is an actual problem. Like I've done all my research and here's why I'm saying this. Um, but I had no idea that there had been attacks before then. And it wasn't even just on the US. No. They've been attacking other countries too. And so what, what really is mind boggling to me was I didn't realize until I was a junior in high school that they don't teach us everything. Because I'm sitting there in this fucking class and I was so frustrated because it, I was one of maybe like three juniors in this fucking class. I don't even remember what fucking class it was, but I do remember that there was sophomores and a bunch of fucking freshmen and the freshmen are sitting there going, huh, what? And I'm like, do you guys not like, do you seriously not remember this? And the teacher was like, you do understand that you and those other juniors are the last ones that will remember being there that I teach. And the other juniors out of, I think there was like four or five of us, only one other remembered that day. The others were sheltered during that time frame, and their parents didn't really 
tell them what was going on and they weren't right. impacted the way I was because it revolved around my family. Yeah. And so I'm and I'm listening to this and I'm like, you're, you're leaving out stuff. And he goes, I know. What do you mean? You know, why aren't you teaching it all? Because this is all the school let me teach. Yeah. Cause uh, there, what was it? The, uh, the coal, I think it was the name. I think the ship was the, the coal. It was a Navy ship that had been attacked. The Al Qaeda had attacked it in uh it was in one of the Persian countries. It was a U.S. Navy ship. Mm. And, it was, and it was in one of the Persian countries docked, and they had attacked it. That was before 9-11. Yep. I mean, and, and there were several unsuccessful attacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was one of the things they talked about on that podcast was, you know, we had known about Al-Qaeda before 9-11. And there was one that I believe he was one of the ones that was in on catching um fucking saddam 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 whatever the fuck his name is saddam hussein yeah and he said you know the day on 9-11 on that day they sat there and they listened to it and they watched what they could and they all looked at each other and they said al-qaeda yeah which and they most- had no fucking in their mind yeah, most of my friends probably didn't know Al-Qaeda before 9-11 either. But my dad, former military, military contractor, he he lived and breathed the military to the day he died. So if, if, if it involved the military, my dad knew about it. He was talking about it. I was listening. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, too. Like, <clears throat> my dad's the same way. You know, he was in the Navy for 12 fucking years. And he he would talk a lot about the military. And, of course, you know, he would shelter me from some things. Yeah. You know, he would, same things he would shelter my mother from. But if it was military related, he was talking about it. You know, and so when 9-11 happened, there was a lot of talk about it. There was a lot of talk about it. Yeah. Up until Osama bin Laden was killed. And uh, (laughs) the wild part is, uh, like I said, a couple weeks ago, I was listening to these podcasts and uh, I forgot what day it was that they had gotten Osama. I do remember being in high school and I do remember seeing it on the news and I do remember my mom and I being like, fuck yeah, at the fucking TV. Yeah. Morning before I went to school. And uh, we had a whole fucking thing about it. But what what was mind boggling to me was they they showed the date, and I I paused the fucking video and I looked over at my eldest and I was like, oh my fucking god! She goes, what? I was like, you were born just a few hours before Osama bin Laden was killed. She was like, what? <laughs> you know, like I I threw for a fucking loop. Yeah. <laughs> I felt bad. I was like, dude, you were born a few hours before he was killed. When uh. <laughs> When I was in military school, I had won an essay contest. It was sponsored by the Kuwaiti Embassy. So okay. I got a full exp- I got a full paid trip to DC for a week. I went to the White House, I went to the Pentagon. I had a brunch at the Kuwaiti Embassy. I had a formal dinner at the Kuwaiti Embassy, met the ambassador, met his family. 
and everything. And of course, Kuwait was what started the uh, the first Persian Gulf War. Was when uh, when uh, Iraq invaded Kuwait. So I had met people personally who who was of the royal family that had got attacked by Iraq. So it was like when 9-11 happened and all this shit's going on, going down there, all I could think about was, damn, I was like, I've met some of these people. Are you there? The recording? Uh, it looks like it. Okay. My bad. <laughs> we'll just tell everybody you're naturally blonde. I mean, I am. We uh, we we had iPads when I worked at FedEx, mm-hmm. and we would rep, we would run our entire routes off the iPads. Now, a lot of these trucks, they didn't have bulkhead doors or the bulkhead doors were broken. So with the air conditioner on, your truck would be about 90 degrees with the air conditioner on full blast. Ooh. So I'd, I'd sit there. I would take and the vents on the passenger side. I would take cardboard and I'd run the vents where they were blowing directly on my iPad just so that it wouldn't overheat. Everybody's complaining about their iPads overheating. It's like, mine's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it looked god-awful stupid as hell with cardboard running four different vents to the iPad, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have thought of some shit like that when I was driving for, for fucking Pizza Hut and shit, because I'm going to get over 100 degrees here in Texas. And, you know, for me, I have to put it, like, on the windshield so that I can yeah. see while I'm driving. It overheated all the fucking time. Oh my god, horrible. What you do is, you know those suction cup uh, holders you can get for your cell phone? You put it on top of the windshield. Where it's sitting there at the top of the windshield, (laughs) you're getting the least amount of sunlight on it. I'm short as fuck. Yeah, you would have been driving like this with your head. Exactly. You're standing here driving along and just looking over and being like, okay, I know where I'm going. I'm sitting here going, (laughs) (laughs) Jesse. Fucking hell. Oh, God. God damn it. (laughs) I, I still remember using an actual GPS when I was at Papa John's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before I graduated to using my phone's GPS for everything. I was that kid. I would my I would, phone's I, got mapped. I I would uh take my GPS in the house at night, but I would leave the the cable in the truck. So when my truck burned up, the cable oh, no. and the GPS was in the house. Z's brand new car topper was in the back of the truck. 
I still laugh about that. <laughs> First thing out of his mouth was my car topper. <laughs> I was like, my truck. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, fuck your car topper. What about my damn truck? How am I going to get places? God. And damn, and that that thing sat up in the driveway for a week, burn up before the insurance company got it. So every day I'd come out and look at it. I'd have been mad. Oh my god! I mean, I so fucking mad. I had got that cargo van. I'd I'd got the cargo van the day before they picked up the truck, so I had my new vehicle sitting there in the yard, and I still had to. And, and my burn up truck was sitting in the driveway. Fuck that, dude. I loved that little mm-hmm. truck. I fucking bet. A nice little truck. I know. It's like when my poor little Jetta got hit. Fucking fried like a baby back bitch. <laughs> my God. I had been sitting there the week before talking to uh, talking to a friend about fucking uh, getting decals printed for it so I could make it look like the TARDIS. Oh, mm. that would be awesome. That was the perfect shade of blue, too. Perfect I, shade. I want to get the entrance to my house done like the entrance to the TARDIS. So you open the door, bigger on the inside. Absolutely. I mean, why the fuck not? Why well, that not? would be awesome as hell. My uncle, um, his wife made him a, um, like, it's this big, like, huh? cabinet almost that's extended out. Sorry. And um, she painted it to look like the TARDIS. Looks beautiful. I'm jealous. <laughs> Maybe that'd be the that that'd be the big project I do when I uh, get my disability. I'll I'll put the TARDIS on the front entrance of my house. Fuck yeah! Why not? Who's gonna stop you? Exactly. Your house. My mother won't know what I'm doing. She won't understand it. She won't ask no questions. I'll just tell her to enhance the value of the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just don't put no damn weeping angels out there and you're good. Oh, my God. I, I, I seen Do you remember the... me telling you about that? What? About the, the customer that I had when I worked at the, the first Papa, or the first, yeah, the first Papa John's I worked at. Fucking, um, not Aberdeen, the one before that. What the fuck is that one? That was it's that, that was little in, one. That uh, was in uh, was it in Fayetteville? No, 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 not in Fayetteville. Um, it's the the same one that's got that little fucking <laughs> every fucking North Carolina food line ever. Where it goes the food line, and then it goes a Chinese place, then it goes Papa John's, and then it was went. Was it Rayford? I think it was Rayford. Yeah, I think it was Rayford. I think it was a Rayford store. Across from the Walmart. Um. Yeah, yeah. So I started there. Well, there was this one customer in this real fucking nice area, um, the big ass fucking houses and shit. Every time I fucking went to deliver, because this guy ordered at least once a month, I'd stand there like this at his fucking door, holding the fucking bag like this. And he would laugh every fucking time <laughs> because he had like, Two fucking weeping angels right next to his fucking front porch. Oh. You walked the steps, you stood on his little porch and knocked on his door. And I was always like sitting here fumbling for the fucking he knew it was me too every time. 
because I'd hear him giggling before he even opened the fucking door. <laughs> I was the fucking weeping angels right fucking there. I was like, and the first time that I delivered to him, I was like, you know how cruel you are. I was I was in a cemetery and I saw one of the major <laughs> statues, and I'm I would not turn my back to that bastard. No, it's fine if it's a normal fucking angel statue. I'm okay with it. But the moment, the moment I see a fucking statue of an angel fucking weeping. Nah, nah, nah. (laughs) Get GTFO. Get in the fucking car. Don't fucking blink. Don't take your eyeballs off of it until you're fucking gone. I was walking. (sighs) I was walking in the cemetery. I'm walking towards the statue. So uh, I'm looking at it. As I'm walking past it, I'm looking at it. As I'm walking away from it, I'm walking backwards, still looking at it. I was mm-hmm. not taking my eyes off that statue. There was no way in hell I was going to let that statue come after me. Fucking, I think the I think the sad part is <coughs> is that last year I started letting my oldest uh, watch a little bit of Doctor Who. And, of course, the first episode that, you know, you can watch that's in color and, you know, it's 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 great for kids, right, um, is that fucking one with Ninth Doctor and Rose and first time meeting with the fucking yeah. mannequin. I let her watch it. And she seemed so into it. I felt horrible later. Because I forgot that the next day they were going to MSU, which is the, the college in the town. She came home and told me about how she was walking uh, through the fucking college with her classmates and um, they went through like the art area or whatever and there was mannequins and it freaked her the fuck out. She couldn't (laughs) stop staring at them. And I was like, oh my God. And she's like, the worst part was nobody knew what I meant when I was talking about the doctor and mannequins and how they move and they they shoot. and They didn't didn't know what I meant. I was like, I'm so sorry. I have every oh. episode with 11, 12, and 13. Uh, with, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt Smith was 13, right? No. 14. Matt. No, 14. Matt Smith was 12. He was 12? Was it? It went. Um, 10. Uh, David yeah, Tennant was He went 11. to leather. He went from leather. Oh, yeah, no, he went from leather to Matt Smith to David Tennant. That's right. No, it was David Tennant, then Matt Smith. Yeah. I, yeah. I, have, I have every episode with uh, Chris Eccleson, David yep. Tennant, and Matt Smith on DVD. I know. I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where they're at. But, uh, now you don't even need to buy them. You can, you can just go on Prime and buy the entire season. Pretty much. Pretty I, fucking much. I did, I did the, <laughs> I, I bought the entire, every episode with uh, Peter Cabaldi. Is, is his last name pronounced Cabaldi? 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 I don't know. I couldn't watch. I just, 
I couldn't get into to to that doctor. I I, can't. I pushed myself through that doctor just so I could get to the end. Because there was no way I was going to skip an episode just because there was some... I, I, I just, I couldn't... It's like I, I forced myself to watch him just so I could get to the end of him get on to the next doctor. Is the next doctor any better? It was... What's her name? Uh... What the hell is her name? They didn't give her a chance because uh, she became the doctor just as COVID was hitting. So her, her entire, she, she was the doctor throughout COVID. So there was very few episodes recorded with her. Yeah. And you know, wait, did they the, have did they have a new doctor already? You know who the next doctor is going to be? No. David It's going to be a very short, it's going to be a special with David Tennant as the doctor. And I'm not sure if it's going to be like a miniseries before the next doctor is introduced. I can't believe that they're continuing it. I I heard rumors that Idris Elba was going to be the next doctor. I think that would be cool. I don't know actors like that. Okay, you've seen. I know Matt Smith. I know David Tennant because. You know, hardcore on them as a teen. You know who, you've seen the Thor movies, right? Eh, some of them. Okay, you know the guy who, the gatekeeper for the uh, Bifrost? Yeah. That's Idris Elba. Ooh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I think, I've heard those rumors and I I really want him because I've seen him in a lot of things. And it's like. Yeah. I, I would, and then there was the there was the uh, April Fools several years ago where they said that uh, Bruce Campbell was going to be the doctor, and I was heartbroken when I found out that was just April Fools. Oh no! Oh no! <coughs> Bruce Campbell, yeah, I, be a cool doctor. I, I can't force myself to watch that much of something. And I feel like they've just gone so far. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I know there was a lot before the ninth Doctor that I haven't watched. And at this point, most of it you can't watch. You can watch it on Prime. They got all. The, they they've got every episode of the original series and the new series. Mm-mm. There's quite a few that was lost. Well, they've got what they've got what they have. Yeah. Yeah. They've got what. They have what was able to be restored and recovered. Yeah. That's that's what they have. Like, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of it. <laughs> like I went there's back started I went back and started watching with the first doctor. Yeah. And I watched up until the fifth doctor. And then I had to buy the rest of them and that's when I stopped working, so there was no more buying buying them. Yeah. Yeah, that's understandable. No, I just after Matt Smith and David Tennant, there's it's hard to follow up. Yeah, it truly is hard to follow that up. I didn't, especially think, with the Ninth Doctor before him. Yeah, I didn't think they were, were going to be able anybody was going to be able to follow up to David Tennant. I honestly did not think anybody was going to do it, and no, I was really apprehensive about watching Matt Smith. I was really apprehensive about it. 
he fucking popped right the hell off in that first episode. Oh my and you're God. like, bet. All right, I can keep <laughs> going. Like, that's what needs to happen. Like, when they have a new actor take the place of the doctor, they have to come out strong. Um, yeah. If they don't come out strong, they're losing people. They're losing them. Because no one's going to force themselves to watch anymore. They've been, it's been going on for years and years and years. You know? Yeah. If you can't pull it off strong, you're going to lose people. And I think they lost a lot of people. Yeah, after, I, uh, I need I need to sit down and, and listen to the uh, Doctor Who iPad um uh Doctor Who podcasts because they they've got full they've got full series where their podcast adventures where they're not they're they're you know how some TV shows they just take the audio and turn it into a podcast well this is okay. just, this is just fresh episodes. These are strictly podcast episodes of Doctor Who. Well, and, and I need to sit down and listen to them to see if they're any good. Yeah. Might be worth a shot, yeah. Because if, if they are, there's your Doctor Who fix right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially because I'm constantly sitting here fucking working. Like, I spent all fucking day doing nothing but developing this fucking website. It was, oh, God. What'd you, what'd you end up uh, what'd you end up using to, to develop it? Uh, Shopify. Okay. Uh, well, you got to think about it. The first three days is free. And then the next, like the first three months is a dollar per month. That's not bad. Mm-mm. I, yeah. I'm getting, I get three months for three bucks that I can test this out and see if it works. You'll have to send me a link to it. Oh, yeah. It's, it probably won't be up until next week. I'm hopeful by the end of the week, but I'm being realistic. Because, you know, I've got, I've got D&D playing friends on my, that, that I grew up with that's still into it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's the thing, too. That's why I've been posting, um, that's why I was posting today on Facebook on the business page and on my personal like hey guys like you know i know i haven't i haven't talked a lot about the business and everything but here's what i've been working on and here's what we're working towards you know getting people prepared that if they've been wanting to see the website or a website now they can see one yeah i haven't done anything to the photography page in forever i, I probably should do something with it it and gets then- disheartening after a while yeah. That's what happened to mine. <laughs> mine died a horrible death. I I still ain't give up on the photography yet. I I just know that once I get the disability and I'm not flat broke all the time, then I can do a little bit yeah. more. I can put a little more effort. I can print out yeah. flyers i i can exactly. travel a little bit more get more photographs yep and that's Everybody, the big thing too is just advertising yeah and you can't exactly advertise when when you've got enough gas to get to your doctor's appointments and that's it pretty much 
especially around here. I mean, if I was back in Baltimore, I I, I could I could walk three yeah. miles and cover a thousand homes. Mm-hmm. I walk three miles here, I might cover twenty homes. Yeah. And by then you're you're just relying solely on word of mouth. Yeah. So. What I want to do is go up to Fayetteville's uh, Spring Lake and plaster the Walmart parking lots. Just go through the Walmart yep. parking lot plastering cars. I mean, that's one of the best ways to do it, honestly. Yeah. Of course, that kind of shit, I have to pay for the flyers and I got to pay for the gas to get to Fayetteville and then Spring Lake. Yep. Yeah. I mean, here with me, it's Flyers won't do me no good, you know, but hopefully this website does. TikTok has done a lot, too, so hopefully that'll help progress it a bit more. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I ain't even posted anything for the photography on TikTok in so long. Yeah, I didn't even know you had a TikTok. You'll have to send it to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I can remember the password to log back into it. Oh, no. Oh, that part. I, yeah, I, I, I use variations of the same password, so I just have to go through every variation of it. I just ain't been on there in forever. I think I'm up to six variations. No, eight variations. Of the same password. At, I feel FedEx, like, yeah. at FedEx or login for the scanners, they would change the password every three months, and you couldn't use variations of the of your old one. They would tell you this is too similar to your old password. Come up with another one. So I, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there pulling passwords out of my ass and then having to write them down because there's no way in hell I'm remembering them because it's not a variation of my old password. Yeah. You remember how Papa John's and passwords went? Yeah. I just got to a point. And see, here, here's the thing. Like, I understand needing to change your password and not wanting, you know, employees to have management passwords. But here's the problem is that when we're not able to rotate through like six passwords <coughs> and you tell us that we can never use that password ever again. You good, bro? I think my youngest daughter is yelling at somebody in her sleep to leave her alone. <laughs> Summer does that. Go to bed, Ange. Of course, now my, now my oldest has to chime in. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, when you tell us that we can't ever use the same password, and Pizza Hut found this out, too, the hard way, um, we get creative. Now, when you have spicy neurodivergent employees, Hi, hello. <laughs> my name is ADHD and I have squirrels in my brain. Um, 
we tend to come up with very interesting passwords. And of course, it starts off like, fuck, bitch, asshole, asshat, fuck you, you suck. And after a while, you get through all the curse words that you think to include twat waffle. Then you start going into, yeah, I know, right? That was one of my favorites. (laughs) Then you start going into things like BDSM. Crop. (laughs) Flogger. Whip. (sighs) Like, you remember those passwords? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I was I, the, the funny part was was that of course you know you have to change your password so nobody knows it. What was the first thing I would do? Xavion, you want to go and change to it this time? <laughs> I can tell my boss. We gotta uh, try to get think, him on the show sometime. I think he even sat there and told me one time, like, you know that home office sees these, right? Good. How can you? I I still can't get over how Xavion had to take me into the office and lecture me about insulting the clan, offending the clan. I know. It's like, oh my god. Uh, what was her name? His boss. What? What the hell was her name? Uh, Renee. Renee. Yes, yeah, she definitely didn't think that went through very well. <laughs> and it. And Z's trying to keep a straight face while while lecturing me. And, and Renee is really tearing me a new asshole. And Renee l- walked out of the office, and I'm still standing there with Z. And Z, Z's like, just bursted out laughing. He's like, you offended the clan so badly that they filed a complaint against you with corporate headquarters. That's impressive. <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn. I was like, I guess that's my good deed for today. I love Z. Z's great. It's just, for management, I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. There was just some things that I was like, bro, you're not thinking this shit through. <laughs> like when he, he tried to yell at me about, oh yeah, annual training, that's not a real thing and shit like that. And I was like, do you, the specialist, want to talk to the sergeant first class and tell him it is wrong? Do you want his phone number? His email? Can you put it on speaker? Like, that was how I felt about that whole fucking thing. Like, please, please contact them and tell them that they fucked up and that they are wrong for not giving me more notice to give you. Please. You had to eat those words. I think the funnier part was that Christy was so, like, the, Chrissy was the, the defining factor of that where, you know, she was the one that was pushed at the most. And again, I understand, like, she had to cover the store, basically, on yeah. her own. You know, and I get it. I'd be mad, too, but, like, <laughs> you want to go against the government? It's like Tell when your manager is more yeah. important. When your manager and your assistant manager are both in the National Guard, shit's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was the thing, like, I don't think that was ever thought through thoroughly. Ever. Yeah. In a million years. I just, I don't think it, it was thought through. And it's it just, like, hey, let's put this assistant manager in another store so that we don't have two people in the management team in the guard disappearing mm-hmm. at the same time. 
Well, that was the thing. I was never, I never got promoted to assistant manager. I had been dogging for it and I had been promised it. And then Christy got it. Oh, damn. So you, you were just, what, a shift leader or some shit? Yeah, I was a shift leader. And then I got tired of all the bullshit uh, that was going on with that kid. And uh, so then I, I moved over to the fucking Spring Lake store. And I was like, I'll never be management again. And then we ended up with only, like, the GM and, like, one shift leader. And Johan was like, I really need this assistance. And I was like, I'll give you this assistance as long as you, you're going to work with me so that I can become assistant GM. He's like, yeah. And then he kept saying how, oh, no, uh, Renee says you're not re- ready. Renee says you're not ready. Renee says you're not ready. Come to find out, he never even talked to Renee. It wasn't until after I had basically called him and was like, hey, I know I said I was going to be in Texas for two weeks for vacation, but I'm staying here. So bye. Um, here's my two week notice. You know, the two week notice in which I was supposed to be at annual training. Yeah, this is my two week notice. Bye. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, I didn't find out until after I did that from uh, a driver who was there that the night that Renee had come over and was basically talking to everybody and she asked hey whatever happened Kirsten and Johan was like oh she just quit and da 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 and um and this driver was like yeah she got tired of trying to get that assistant GM spot and kept being told no she wasn't ready and you know he's looking at Renee and Renee's like I didn't know that she was still trying to go for assistant GM he's like yeah Johan kept telling her that you were saying she wasn't ready and she looks over at Johan and Johan's like well because of her attitude and Renee's like what attitude she never had an attitude she was firm with your employees and they didn't like it that sucks to be them that's their fault not yours not hers yeah yeah I I hated the way I had to quit but it couldn't be helped like oh yeah my car is burned down i can't work yeah that wasn't your fault no there there was no going around that i you know what i didn't feel bad i I didn't feel bad i didn't feel bad for you know switching from aberdeen to to spring lake or yeah spring lake the way i did because i had given davion two weeks that either transfer me stores or i quit because i was tired of the the bullshit I didn't well, feel bad for how I quit at Spring Lake either. Well, when I, I uh, when I got that van and I told Z that I was gonna I, I was going to work for myself, he was like, "Go for it." He's like, "You're gonna make a lot more money than you than I can give you, so I ain't gonna complain yep. about it." No, and that that was a great thing about Z was he was practical like that. Like, yeah, it sucked for the store, but he wanted you to do better for you. Yeah, that was one of the things I loved about Z. And it, it did kind of frustrate me for a while that he never understood where I was coming from. Because he thought that it was just, you know, me being, you know, unable to accept criticism. But I'm like, dude, you know, at one turn, you're telling me I need to, to be more firm. At the next turn, you know, turn, you're telling me I'm, I'm being too harsh on employees. Like, help me. You know. Christy got upset because me and, uh, Andy would tell new hires, stay on her good side, because if not, she'll gut you. Andy'd be like, yeah, she came after me with a knife a couple times. 
Like she's one of them lumbies. You got to be careful with her. <laughs> Loki, we all wrong though. <laughs> all they had to do was work with Christy one night and hear her yelling at people, and they'd be like, "Okay, the knife is coming out any moment now." Yep. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I don't know what her deal was with me. I don't know why she hated me so fucking much. I, I never figured it out. She fucking hated me. Yeah. And of course, you being my best friend in the store really boggled her mind. Yeah. I remember the night she was fucking talking mad shit on the fucking make line. Like she was in the cheese station. I was either stretching or I was in the dough corner. One of the two. And Xavion was on cut. And because he was on cut, he couldn't hear her her fucking remarks. But everybody on the fucking make line is looking at her and then they're looking at me and then they're looking at her. Cause she was trying to start this chant of like Kirsten sucks or some dumb shit like that. And I'm like, <laughs> like, what are we, 12? <laughs> And I'm looking at Xavion, and he has no fucking clue what's going on, but I can't yell about it because I'm a manager. I'm like, what the fuck am I yeah. supposed to do? I tell him about it later. He's like, well, maybe you just misheard her, and she downplayed it. And Sarah was like, no, no. I was standing in between this all. No, no. Don't don't, don't say she did downplay it. Fuck no. That, this is what she was saying. And Xavion was like, I don't know what the fuck to do. You know, and I felt bad. But I don't know what Christy's fucking deal was. I she still remember like when uh, Liz, you, you and Liz got in, was arguing about who knew me better. Weirdo. I forgot about Liz. She was a... She was an interesting one. Yeah. She wasn't there for that long either, though, was she? No. Uh-oh, your mic cut out. Huh? Your mic cut out, unless you did that on purpose. I did that on purpose. Oh, okay, fair enough. I'll have to read it after the, the, the stream, but yeah. <coughs> she was, um, she was a mighty interesting one. Yeah, let's see. Ah! Okay, well, apparently, you know what? She knew some aspects about you better than I did. <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> wow, and that gave her that much confidence? Yeah. Good buddy. Good for her, at least. Having confidence in yourself. Hey, sometimes that's all you need is a little confidence. You know, I wonder if she had that, that level of confidence with Andy. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, Andy was trying for uh, you. I know. What the fuck is it with me? I, I don't I know, don't... but it was entertaining as hell. Oh, my God. It got annoying sometimes. I was like, dude, just shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Speaking of. So, 
this past uh, this past week was the last art walk of the season, right? And I had brought an assistant with me that I'm supposed to take the Falls Con with me. And I can tell you about that later. But yeah, anyways, so um, she met one of the uh, the guys that runs the LARPing community for yeah. Lawton. And um, he always sets up kind of like in front of uh, my booth and whatnot, like in the parking spaces. And um, I always find it entertaining. Like, yes, LARPing is weird. When you're looking mm-hmm. at it from the outside in, it's fucking weird. It but you know what? It's fucking entertaining to watch. Okay. Yeah, I will admit I have been known to sit there and cheer them on. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking amusing. Okay. They put a lot of hard work dedication into this. But here's here's the thing is that the um one of the guys that leads this whole community. Um the last not not this past one, but the artwork before this had um made it very apparent that he was was chasing my tail. Uh <laughs> to a point that he literally looked at his buddy and was like, Hey man. Don't you see me flirting with her? I'm like, okay. Making it blatantly obvious. After I told you like a million times, I have a boyfriend and a girlfriend. This is not an open relationship. <laughs> we are a happy throuple. We, we don't need a quarter added into it. We're good. And the saddest part was that his fucking girlfriend is sitting right there. And I'm saying, I'm thinking, like, either they're a very open couple, or I am completely misjudging this, and this is not his girlfriend. But, well, like, the way it, she's all over him, and the way he's, you know, yeah. reacting to what her, it, like... What it is, is that they know you've got a boyfriend and a girlfriend. Their boyfriend and girlfriend are like, hey, she'll, she, she digs that, that thruple thing. Get her. She's showing no interest in me. Zero interest. Then she's just tolerating it. She's afraid of losing him for some reason. And maybe. But I was just like, man, like he was dogging after me hard fucking quarter. <laughs> and so then this past one, when I brought this assistant with me, she's 17. Why the fuck? Is he now chasing her tail? And why is she allowing it? Because she's like, oh my god, an older man digs me. I'm so, I'm so gross. And I was like, don't do it. And she's like, I'm not. (laughs) And she does it some more. But you are. (laughs) Like, I'm not stupid. I'm watching it happen, dude. Nope, still chasing my tail. She's still <laughs> holding her tail up high for him. Like, no. <laughs> no, sweetie. No, no. Don't, don't, don't go take her in the mud like that. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> He's an odd duck, man. Like, I don't know if he thinks that wearing his outfit while LARPing, like, makes him cool. I don't know. I, I'm entertained by LARPing, but for the exact opposite reason as you. I'm not cheering them on. I'm just entertained that grown adults are sitting there 
getting dressed up and, and playing like I used to do when I was five years old. Mm-hmm. Here's, I, a, here's a way I describe LARPing. Okay. LARPing is the D&D players that actually go outside. Yeah. And so, Where's so, the fault reason, in this logic? Yeah. It, it, that's exactly what it is. It, it, it's, yeah. It, it, it's live action D&D. Yeah. It's the gamers that go outside. <laughs> it's uh, like uh, Airsoft. And for some reason, D&D is more socially acceptable than LARPing. Yeah. But it's the same way with Airsoft. Okay. Sitting there playing Call of Duty and, and Battlefield and all this is more socially acceptable. <coughs> more socially acceptable than going out on the Airsoft field, you know, with a whole bunch of camo, trying to look all fucking cool. Here, here's the difference. D&D is LARPing for people who get laid. You're right. Hundred <laughs> percent correct. Hundred percent. I didn't. You know what? I didn't put that. That I. I didn't. Th- nope. Didn't put that together. Shit. <laughs> Fuck. D and D is guys and girls, but they're girls. A good portion of them are stoners, and you know stoners are getting late. Stoners or drunks. Yeah. No, I can't even say drunk because they just they just drink when they play D and D, and they don't even get drunk. They have a beer or two throughout an entire like three hour fucking yeah. session. Yeah, like when I was in high school, our D and D sessions was our was our smoke sessions. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It, it, oh God, D and D. My friend high. Tom's bed. Yeah, my friend Tom's bedroom looked like Eric Eric Foreman's basement. With the <laughs> now I want to now now I want to fucking get a group together to get high and play D and D. But all the people I play D and D with now don't get high. We just sit around, play D and D, and drink. Well, you need to get some edibles. Pass out the edibles. You know, if my DM didn't have so many, like, health issues, I'd be down for it. Well, you know, the edibles might help the health issues. My only concern is how it'll interact with medication. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Hence why he only ever has one or two drinks when we play. You know, one or two when he's sad. I can count the amount of drinks I've had in the past four years on one hand.
I think I've had like four or five within the past year. I, 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 that's about how many I've had in the past four years. Like, it's not often that I want to drink. And I don't even want to get drunk anymore. Yeah. I just that, want the taste. That's the thing. Like, the idea of getting drunk, like, just... It, it, you, I, I, the idea of getting drunk to me is like, oh, God, no. I don't want to lose control like that. Like, it... it the 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 thought of getting drunk sends my anxiety level I think I've only ever been like drunk drunk three times and I never did anything stupid that was surprisingly a normal, enough that was a normal Monday Tuesday and Wednesday for me back in the day Never mind, I take that back. I can remember one time doing something really stupid. <laughs> oh, first time of getting drunk, drunk. And even then, I still remember it all. So I guess I couldn't have been that drunk. I also was able to, wa- able to walk on my own two feet. So you know what? I was drunk, but not like piss drunk. I've only been drunk to the point that I can't like walk on my own once. Shit, I was drunk one time and I'm walking down the street in the middle of the night yelling at everybody to destroy their televisions because the TV is killing their brains. <laughs> See, I wish I had stories like that. I don't. I just... I never got drunk like that. Like, whenever I drink, I drink at home. Like, sure, I'll go to the bar and I'll have, like, one drink. But I'm there for an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. I don't... I just don't feel the the desire to you I know and when i do it's i go home i ain't been in a bar since last time i lived in baltimore which was before i uh, before i started at uh aberdeen yeah yeah the one time that i drank and did something stupid i was 19 um and my buddy was like hey um my friends and i are are gonna have a little party a little get together um do you want to swing by and and have some drinks uh let me know what you want and we'll pick it up i was like you know what i've got money um there's like 20 bucks if you need more, let me know, but buy me the biggest bottle of Jaeger you can buy. <laughs> Jaeger. Oh, I fucking loved Jaeger. To me, it was oh black God. licorice. Yes, I know. It's so great. And uh, he's like, yeah, bet, got you. We'll cover the rest. Don't worry. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. Because their thought was that a bottle was going to get shared. That <laughs> <laughs> bottle of the Um, The problem was, was that, you know, my buddy... I had a major crush on in high school and to some degree I still like had had a had feelings for but he was in a relationship so I wasn't wasn't fucking with that and uh the problem was is that I didn't like his girlfriend I hated his girlfriend she's a piece of shit wish he'd never met her was what it was 
And um, I get there only to find out that she's going to be coming. So my initial thought of, yeah, I'll have a couple drinks, turned into me sitting on the kitchen floor with one of his buddy's girlfriends with the bottle of Jaeger in my hand, refusing to let anybody else touch it, drank the whole thing to myself. By the time I finished the bottle, it was like two hours in. And that was when his girlfriend decided, well, she's going to head out. She's being all fucking crazy and shit. He's like, I'm going to walk her out to her car. (laughs) And I decided that I wanted to join in on the poker game. And somebody was like, hey, where's your drink? I was like, it's gone. His, his buddy that the girlfriend that I'd been hanging out with, his yeah. name was Josh. And he's like, Josh is like, what do you mean it's gone? I said, my Jaeger's gone. The whole bottle, the whole bottle is gone. What the fuck? I'm good. I'm solid. He's like, okay. And one of the other buddies is like, here, you know, let me make you a drink real quick. And he whisks something up and he hands it to me. And like, you know, the young, dumb idiot that I am, thankfully, you know, I was with my buddy and he, um, he'd made it clear to everybody that hands off, you hurt her. I'm going to fucking murder you, <laughs> basically. Because I was safe. Um, so like the young, dumb idiot that I am, I take a drink and I start drinking it. But no thought of like, hey, what's in this drink? Um, so I have no idea what it was that I was drinking. I just knew that it had alcohol. So I could taste the alcohol. And um, his buddy Josh had pulled out a can of dip. And I saw that it was apple flavored. Please don't tell me you took one more than one pouch. So I got excited because I'm like, apple flavor, like, I want to try this. And he goes, this is, this is not a good idea. And I was like, I'm a grown ass fucking adult. Just what am I doing? And he goes, are you sure about this? I'm sure. You have to spit. If you don't spit, if you swallow, you're going to be really sick. Okay. Spit, don't swallow. Spit, don't swallow. Okay. He's like. Grab yourself a little pinch and just kind of tuck it in your pants on. Get it off. Just down in there. I was like, this tastes kind of good. And he's like, fuck it. He's like, don't swallow. I was like, I'm not going to swallow. And I was like, shit, I need something to spit in. And one of the guys is like, here, here's a, a beer bottle. Don't That's where I went wrong. No, 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 no. Because I don't drink beer. My buddy knows I don't drink beer. So here I am. Beer bottle here. My drink here. And we'd play our round and somebody would start shuffling and I'd go. <laughs> Merry old times. What's well, about 10 minutes later? You spit in the wrong bottle. Fired my newfound addiction (laughs) then my buddy walks back through the door and I am just now setting the beer bottle down 
it is still in my hand. My buddy knows I do not drink here. So as he walks to the door and he went to go say something, he's like, what is in your hand? Nothing. Nothing at all. And I can see Josh's face go. <laughs> he realizes he's like, I'm in deep shit. Right? Because he didn't think that my buddy was going to have a problem with this. So now my buddy said that he's like, Kirsten Marie, what the fuck is in your lip? Nothing. Nothing at all. You better spit it out. Why? You don't need that. Well, why not? I'm an adult. He's like, I swear to fuck. And I was like. And he's just beat, right? He's pissed the fuck off now. And he's like, hallway, now. Because this is, they lived in an apartment. You know, he dragged my ass out to the fucking stairwell to give me a fucking lecture. But, uh, I'm standing there just, I'm an adult. Yeah, but you're making <laughs> dumb decisions. I'm an adult, you know, fucking pouting and shit like a dumb little fucking kid. And he grilled my ass for a good five, ten minutes. And he went to go and fuss at Josh. And I was like, don't you fucking dare. Like, I, I'm a grown-ass adult. I made that decision. That's not on him. My, uh, How is he supposed to know that you aren't going to allow me to do something? And he's like, well, he should know. And I'm like, how? This first time fucking meeting me. When I, uh, when I lived in Baltimore the last time, I lived with my cousin Mandy. And her, she was dating this dude. Joe, real douchebag. Anything I, anything I could do, he thought he could do better. Ugh. I'd do one pouch a dip. He thought he could do two. He's like, he's like, oh. give me a, he's like, give me a pouch. I was like, fine, okay. He's like, give me another. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm a man. I can handle it. Oh my god. That was the first time I ever seen somebody literally turn green from being so sick. And oh my me, me and my cousin and my cousin Jesse hated him. Mandy's sister hated Joe. So she 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 was always like Nick can do this better than you and all that shit. Just really egging on Joe. Egging it on. Yeah. So Mandy's mm. like. Mandy's chewing me a new asshole for giving him two pouches of dip. She's like, you know he ain't that smart. He's stupid. He's gonna do it. Ah! Called his ass out. He's stupid. Don't do it. Oh my that god. Was so that was I mean, he had two pouches and he swallowed and it turned green. He swallowed? Oh my god, what a fucking... Even I know better. It was so wonderful. I was drunk and I knew better. I was drunk. I didn't swallow. I didn't get sick. Everybody thought that I was going to be sick or going to die the next day. Nope, I woke up four hours after I went to bed 
went off to work, was perfectly fine. Everybody keeps texting me throughout the day, you okay, you okay, you okay? Do you need water? Do you need ibuprofen? Like, do you need anything? No, guys, I'm good. I'm, I'm peachy. They're like, how? You were drunk fucking, like, seven hours ago. Uh-huh. And I've slept since then. I'm good. And they're like, you should be, like, throwing up your fucking guts. You know, so-and-so is. And I'm like, they're a bitch. <laughs> you when know? I, uh, when I was in my early 20s, I lived across the street from an elementary school. Now, the elementary school backed onto a creek. And all the teenagers would go down to the creek and drink on a Friday night. Now, the elementary school was a, like a F-shaped. And you could drive. Okay. And, and it had a parks on three sides of it and then the school grounds on two sides of it. Yeah. I had a Ford Taurus. Now, if you turn my headlights off and just had my parking lights on, you go behind the school through the park, creep up to where the, everybody was drinking. They would think it was the cops. So when they ran, they would leave their liquor. We did this every Friday night for like three months. That's how we got our liquor. We did not pay for a dime of it. For like three months, that was our Friday night drinking. We looked forward to Friday nights because we knew we didn't have to pay for our alcohol. Fucking ass. <laughs> That's so fucking genius. God damn. <laughs> Back at the house, we'd, un- we'd unload the trunk of my car and just sit on my porch drinking <laughs> our ill-gotten gains. <laughs> Good God, that's smart. <laughs> ah, I was not that smart at that age. <laughs> I, I was the king of figuring out how to get something for nothing. Yeah. I was. I was like the barter king. It, when it, when it came to like even when I was doing my when I was when I was uh, nose deep into my drug habit, I was not. I was still paying for my drugs without robbing and stealing. I had a friend who worked at a CVS. I'd buy a case of needles from her, syringes. And I would resell the syringes to the dope addicts, and that was my drug money. Damn. Damn. They would get clean needles, and I would have money for drugs. That's smart. Yeah, because you could buy syringes for, what, like 30 cents or some shit like that? I was selling them a dollar a piece. And I was buying them. I was getting a case of a hundred for ten dollars, and I was selling them a dollar a piece. Ninety dollar profits. Yeah. Jesus, that's smart. No, that's that's damn smart. Fuck you. All these motherfuckers robbing and stealing to pay for their drug habit, and I'm I, I'm I'm supplying Dundalk with clean needles with to support my drug habit. Damn. That's smart as fuck. Shit. I uh, I I trade I uh, I I did this like six way trade one time, and I ended up with two thousand blank social security cards. Holy fuck! 
So I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do with blank social security cards. So my brother found somebody who was willing to uh, buy them on a piecemeal. So I was charging a hundred bucks a piece for them. It would be like, okay, I need three blank social security cards. Here's the name I want on it. And I'd just make up a social security number. Oh my God. I never did sell all 2000 of them, but I would have made a fortune if I had. Fuck yeah, you would have. And, and it's like, by time, by time we finished the trade, I'm holding the, this box with all these social blank social security cards. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with these? Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, that's still fucking smart, dude. And, and shit like that was the way I supported my drug habit. Just weird, quasi-illegal ways. Or in some cases, they were straight up illegal. But yeah. I wasn't robbing and stealing. Hmm. And here I was at 20 years old, shoveling horse shit, thinking I had the best job in the world. Shit. Oh, fuck. 20 years old, I was selling t-shirts out of the trunk of my car. Oh, God. Down. Now here I am, fucking 26, 27, selling fucking dice. (laughs) Shit. Son of a bitch. I just spit in the wrong bottle. Oh, that's wrong. My Coke bottle to to the right of me is my soda. My Pepsi bottle to the left of me is my spit bottle. Talking to you, not paying attention, I grabbed the Coke bottle. Oh, my God. Fucking, I, I remember having to have a spit bottle and then my drinking can. <laughs> that that was that was how I differentiated. Because um, you know, in the military, when you're in a truck, you can't smoke, you can't vape, which to me is retarded. Yeah. It smells like Fruit Loops. Like <laughs> you're gonna be mad because the truck smells like Fruit Loops. <laughs> Fuck you. Fine, whatever. And so that was when I was really dipping. Like I would make sure that I had like two or three cans for drill, just in case. Thank you. And I remember fucking driving around during annual training and sitting there and holding the fucking steering wheel with my like my arm in my wrist and holding the, the can in my hand and then sitting going down the fucking road. <laughs> Big ass fucking semi. Totally safe, right? <laughs> I remember doing that with the fucking company commander in the truck and him looking over going, uh, you dipped? Clearly. <laughs> that's safe truck's going straight ain't it <laughs> what do you want from me I looked at him I was like I can't use my vape can't smoke a cigarette what else do you have to do well I'm sitting in this damn truck and I need my nicotine I remember for some reason when uh before you and John got married when we were at the trailer John comes in one day and he just hands me two cans of dip. He's like, here, this is the kind I know you'd like. I wasn't what? complaining. I wasn't complaining because I had free dip. 
some reason, and it was just out of nowhere, he just handed me two cans of dip, unopened cans, and it was my Grizzly Dark Wintergreen Pouches. You mean to tell me this motherfucker paid more attention to what kind of dip you like? <laughs> he was using you to get to me, and when I disappeared, he settled on you. Apparently, I fucking swear, man, that man. Dumber that he still hasn't figured out how to fucking send divorce papers, apparently. I'm still getting free TRICARE. You're, you're winning. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm winning the fucking lottery here. I mean, hell, as long as you're married, you've got health insurance. Exactly. Only thing I'm missing is the dental and the vision. Fucking shithead. Fucking hell. Uh, I I seriously gotta wonder if he thinks that like one day I'm just gonna be like oh I changed my mind like nobody. So oh, he's waiting oh. for he's waiting for you to do it so he doesn't have to do it and you're not doing it because you're getting free health insurance. Bingo. <laughs> I doesn't phase me one bit. Not like we can get oh. married. Yeah. My 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 second wife. She was bitching at me because she paid for the divorce. And she was bitching at me. I got to pay for this divorce. I was like, well, you're the one who wanted the divorce. I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah. pay for the divorce if you want it. I was exactly. like, if you want it, you pay for it. No, the first Mm-mm. one I did pay for. I, I was like, I happily paid for that one at that time. Like, that's. That second one, I was like, "You want it? You're gonna, you're gonna do the work." I can't imagine it'll cost him all that much. No, it's not expensive. I mean, if if you do all the work yourself and you don't pay for a lawyer, it's not that expensive. I mean, we have no need for a lawyer. I paid, I paid less than eighty dollars for my first divorce, and my second one, she she paid an arm and a leg because she got a lawyer. Which was dumb. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why she got a lawyer because we had no marital uh, property to dispense of because I I left her with everything. I took two cars and that was it. I left her with the house. I left her with two cars. She had the dogs. She had all the furniture. Jesus Christ, it was a real bad old country song right there. Yeah. Jesus. How huh? dumb. I'm just, I keep waking the baby up. Oh, shit. Well, we have been recording for, what, like a good hour and a half? Yeah, something like that. So we'll call it quits. Yeah, stop waking the baby up. Yeah. This is Nicholas. I'm with Kirsten. Hello. And we's out. Peace out, Girl Scout. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I'll I'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 (laughs) Litterbox, unpolished and unapologetic, is a Falafel House production.
I want to give a shout out to James and Jenny of the Small Town Murder Podcast. Without them, the inspiration of me doing my own podcast would have never happened. If you're listening to us on Apple, don't forget to like and subscribe. And wherever you're listening, don't forget to share.